Welcome to the Sensual Artistry Podcast, exploring erotic awakenings and liberated love. I'm your host, Luna Agnea, essential arts and intimacy facilitator, relationship coach, tantrika, and artist with a passion for the path of liberation through love. In this podcast, you will receive firsthand stories of sacred erotic awakenings, transformational experiences, and love that goes beyond limits. This podcast is here to inspire, educate, and awaken your own sensual artist. Because when you liberate your eros, you liberate your life. Welcome everyone to the COVID isolation episode of the podcast with Tristan. Hooray! We are both um, in Guatemala at the moment and currently, yeah, still isolating with COVID. So if we're sounding a bit congested and coughy and sneezy and all that, then that's why. <laughs> apologies in advance (laughs) yeah Um, yeah, so we thought we would take this opportunity to talk a little bit about Tristan's favourite topic Hmm? (laughs) what's your favourite topic? so many topics Mm, I think what's alive in me right now is coming off the back of um, our coaching sessions I think I, I feel like like talking about that today actually and just how it served us in relationship and um, especially through this period leading up to this big journey that we're on and now navigating illness um, and traveling through foreign countries in this interesting time I think uh, talking about you know what's gotten us to this point would be would be interesting what do you think yeah sounds good um, yeah so Tristan and I our relationship now it's like year and three quarters or something uh, coming up to two years in the coming months uh, that we've been with each other and yeah last year we decided to get some couples coaching um, as part of a kind of trade with someone that did the same training as I did and I was really excited that Tristan was a yes to that Um, because yeah I you know, obviously working in this field and as a relationship coach myself, um, what I have seen time and time again is that doing the work is most effectful and easeful um, and yeah, like long lasting when it's done before things turn to shit in your relationship. Um, so when we decided to, yeah, embark on doing this coaching um, and receiving it and stuff, we were actually at a really good point in our relationship, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah, definitely, 100%. Um, we're feeling alive and inspired and, you know, deeply connected and secure and and um, and all those, all those yummy things. Um, yeah, and I don't think we had to navigate any real questions or qualms around the opportunity and whether it was, uh, was a good thing for us. Yeah, we're not of the... Of the ilk of um, waiting till things are things are wrong to do anything about it, we were definitely both on the same page of well, if it's great now, well, can we make it even better? Mm, absolutely, and um, yeah, like I 
I found, you know, usually around the one year point um, in general, it's always different depending on the, the dynamic, but the kind of general archetypal pattern you could say is that around a year um, the honeymoon phase like the initial falling in love um, happy chemicals and stuff like that tend to start fading away depending how much time you spend with each other I mean um, Tristan and I were housemates initially so we were almost always living together we had a brief period of living apart but you know we, we went really deep really fast we were you know in um, pandemic lockdown together. So um, yeah, so our relationship kind of went faster while other people might um, take a bit longer to get past the honeymoon if they're only seeing each other like once a week or something like that. Uh, But generally around a year is when some of your patterns start coming up, some of your inner child wounding, some of your traumas um, and you know, often in this period, it won't be like enough to break up the relationship, though a couple of our bits almost did um, early on in our relationship. Um, but in that period of time, we were not 100% defined on on how we were together in relationship. That secure secure bond wasn't necessarily there, that firm commitment to show up. So these little, these, well, these little things turned big really did stand out a lot more Mm. I believe yeah for sure yeah Yeah, there's definitely a difference when you've actually committed to being in a securely attached uh, long-term relationship versus when you're like kind of casually dating and some of these things are showing up and you're like whoa red flag red flag (laughs) bye (laughs) yeah um but yeah, I know before we did the coaching, we'd actually got to a really beautiful, secure place. And it was just, you know, these couple of things that would come up when we would be really we just tired. Moved, we just moved in together, hadn't we? Yeah. We just moved in together again. Again. Um, um, more consciously this time. Yeah. And, as a couple. And there was, yeah, just a few things that we'd seen um, again and again when our resilience was low. Like, you know, if we'd had a really big few days and there was just these kind of like niggly things that would show up or um, especially around like open relating and um, you know when Tristan did get to go on some cute play dates and starting to see some of my past relationship poly trauma (laughs) showing up Um, so yeah we kind of thought that this would be a good opportunity to you know before those wounds fester anymore and before they get bigger like should we just nip these in the bud now now I'm sure the listeners want to know what the niggly things were come on let's get some drama (laughs) let's get some juicy details Oh gosh, I can't even like think back to a lot of it now, but you know, it's like in my, my past relationship, um, we were open relating and there were a few, yeah, rules broken, you could say. Um, and yeah, just, just different people. Um, a lot of typical stuff in open relating with, um, you know, having the other person like, I know you say that it's going to be casual and then it ends up getting more serious or like feeling forgotten. Um, yeah. Having agreements broken and so trust broken. And um, also, yeah, in my last relationship, one of his lovers then is now his long-term primary partner. And that was the end of our relationship. So obviously there was still this little wound around that of like, Oh, if he starts, you know, dating some cute babe, then he could leave me for her, um, which is, you know, always a possibility in open relating. Um, 
but yeah, that was still like a bit raw and <laughs> at the surface a little bit. Um, so, you know, even just like a cute little play date would start bringing up that fear of like, oh, this is what happened last time and this is going to happen again. Um, so yeah, I was just starting to notice, yeah, like, oh, there are still some fresh um, things that haven't been dealt with that I've been trying to deal with like post breakup by myself, but they, and it, it felt like I dealt with this all when I was by myself and that I was over it and I'd processed it, but relational wounds come up in relationships. So when you're single, <laughs> like you can only process so much of it. Um, and then when the context is back and you're in another, um, situation where the same thing could happen again, then yeah, that, that wound can arise and that was starting to happen for me. And yeah, there was also some, some stuff coming up for you as well, um, that you wanted to work through. Do you want to share your oh, we'll, we'll raw get, vulnerabilities? We'll, we'll get to the dishes soon. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, anyway, getting to getting the coaching um we're lucky yeah to get an amazing person shiana shout out to shiana yeah we mentioned her in one of our other podcasts as well um yeah so we decided to do a beautiful trade which is one of the good things about being a coach is that you can trade sessions with other coaches and stuff so that was amazing um and yeah so we we started getting into some sessions and yeah, our, our intention was kind of working on our secure relationship while being able to create a, um, a good solid foundation that we could go into exploring and adventuring, traveling the world, being able to date and have other potential love affairs and relationships because both of us are kind of um, poly at heart. Mm -hmm. uh, so we yeah, we really wanted to just make sure that we dealt with um, some of these past traumas and triggers and got to really know each other's wounds um, in a really compassionate, loving way so that as we adventured forward from that point, we would have tools and understanding of each other on a deeper level. Yeah. So for, for context at the time, I feel, well, we'd, we'd been living together for a little bit and we'd just really made a firm decision to sell up everything in our lives in Perth and to go on this year-long adventure around the world, Central America and Europe. Um, and, you know, I guess when you make any big decision like that, a lot, lot, lot of things start to come up, <laughs> come up and instantly it was like, well, this is, this is going to be a huge test of our relationship and, you know, the, the strength and resilience were built up, which we were confident in. And um, it was just serendipitous that the opportunity arose for us to to really go into it to fortify this, this the strength and resilience that we, that we had. So it was a really really beautiful opportunity. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So a lot of what we do in relationship coaching, um, in the kind of methodology that I'm trained in, that we were getting coached in, is to kind of give space for each person to kind of go into yeah, the emotions and the sensations and the uncomfortability of, yeah, any of these like underlying core wounds in a space that is held and supported and safe where their partner can witness them um, and to really see like how deep some of these wounds go. So this might just be something like 
um, why I snap at you when I'm frustrated, you know, like these, these things that might seem like a very surface level little thing of like, oh, like, you know, when you don't do the dishes, I, um, you know, get upset. And this is actually one of our big ones that ended up being one of the like deepest, um, kind of core wounds that we were uncovering <laughs> was literally around the dishes. Um, and it, it really shows that these things that can just seem like a surface level frustration, like a lot of the time underneath are actually these really big stories and, um, deep meanings, like that we're, we're making it mean something about who we are as a person when, um, when we're getting triggered by these situations. Um, so yeah, each session we were just kind of seeing like what's been coming up in our relationship in that like week or two, um, and you know, what were some of our little like frustrations or whatever. And then what is the underlying story? What are the underlying needs? Um, and being able to really have your partner like hold space and see you in that rawness and in that vulnerability and to also be able to start to articulate like when I'm in this place and when I'm feeling this trigger, this is what I need. Because the the problem is when you're just having these fights and you're not in a safe container and you're not having like someone else there holding space, then, you know, if I get triggered because of something to do with the dishes and then he's triggered because of the dishes, then he's not going to be able to really um, get into this loving, compassionate state uh, because, you know, then it's just like defense mode and, you know, needing to either problem solve or push it away or prove that we're right or, you know, our, our defenses come in. Um, so the idea is like you take it away from the actual argument and the actual situation. You put it in this kind of safe little bubble with someone outside your relationship that's able to like resource you, pause you, um, you know, help guide you into a more loving, compassionate space. Um, and then you're able to kind of see it more objectively and without the like current situation trigger. So that's, yeah, a lot of the, the idea of it. Um, yeah. What do you want to share about that? Trace? Um, I, I feel like it was just, you know, you kind of start with an intention and, it was really beautiful. We we created this like little little modus operandi of you know little charter of what we wanted our relationship to be and what we're focused on. Um, and then and then yeah, we we had these i we had these notions of the things that we felt we wanted to work on. And some session we'd uh, we we'd be like, yeah, I'm not really sure. Like, oh, there's this one practice we wanted to try, and we'd like like to have some space held for it. And we went into that and. Maybe we'll talk about some of these individual sessions and what came up in a bit. And but um, and then some weeks we would, you know, just be our focus would just be around, okay, we've got our session coming up. You know, what is it? What do we actively want to work on together? What's something that we could really improve on? And other weeks there was just something very clear, um, a very clear and present um, trigger something really raw and alive in us that we were just like, oh yeah, definitely let's 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 go into that. So over the course of the 10 weeks, we were able to traverse really consciously choosing things we wanted to work on um, that were like just just kind of day-to-day -day surface things that would just make life a lot smoother. There were the bigger things that we were tackling that we wanted to get stronger um, and able to, to be more confident in. And there were these, you know, there was these things that popped up that were really, you know, really, really big. 
um, that were really beautiful to have the opportunity to work on. So yeah, it was quite a, quite a in terms of the flow of it, it was it was it was an interesting kind of start with this intention, and then it just organically kind of moves into into the you know what's what's alive and present, and um, yeah, being a being instead of you know usual motions just letting it oh, pops up and then you just carry on to then you you go to work you're 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 having a weekend and you know you forget about it and then it pops up again and you're like oh okay it's not that bad yeah we'll just keep going instead of being like all right let's focus on this and do something about this and mm. have some support in that so yeah the general it, it was yeah it was it surprised me how uh you know how how it fluctuated and flowed between you know really big things to really just like oh that's a really beautiful thing to work on and and useful Mm. yeah 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 so yeah I don't know I guess then like what our biggest kind of takeaways or learning what was a what was an experience of yours that comes to mind that uh just really stood out was a standout moment for you during that Mm, I think um I think like the inner child one yeah, with you like really too. sticks out. Um, and this is what like I especially was excited to do because um, this was something that like my past relationship was breaking up while I was studying relationship coaching, which was really frustrating because I'm learning all the tools and I'm learning all about all this stuff while watching my past relationship like kind of crumble. Yeah. And I, and I knew this whole thing of like when someone's inner child comes up in a conflict and yeah, and you're also triggered, then you can end up kind of like berating their inner child or something. And yeah, so I, I was really curious for this, like bringing out Tristan's inner child when I'm resourced in a unconditionally loving, accepting, welcoming space um, and being able to see, yeah, what, what happens there. And there, it was actually yeah, a really beautiful session seeing, um, I think we were working around just like, yeah, like I know when I tried to instigate sexual stuff with you and I got rejected or something and like how we were kind of triggering each other. Do you remember what it was like that we were working on for that? I remember it was when we were like slept on other sides of the beds in a like grump. I think it was, I, I feel it's, I mean, for me personally, the inner child piece was, I mean, when we brought them out, together they were quite similar they just kind of manifested in our adults adult selves in really different ways and I think it was um you know it it came out for me it was my you know the the toxic ways in which I dealt with um you know my need my need for freedom and and I guess there was the acceptance piece in there as well for both of us, which it all came back down to. So I think there was these like, didn't there were these there was these niggling behaviors that were coming out that I I wasn't happy was I wasn't proud of, that wasn't necessarily giving you the respect and appreciation, and it was coming out of nowhere. Mm. Um, that would kind of force me into shut down and and create separation and create confusion in you. Um, this is for my piece anyway. I felt and. I think I feel like that's what we were diving into at the time we decided to do the inner child work. Um, yeah, to, to, to discover, you know, the, the underlying um, causes of those behaviours to to really get clearer and to witness them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I remember, like, it, yeah, because it's around Tristan's 
growing avoidant um, in his inner child wounding, shut down kind of thing. And like, then that would trigger my rejection fear um, because, yeah, I have like, yeah, the core wound around being rejected. So then when he would get triggered and kind of turn away from me um, and kind of avoid, then I, I felt like he was punishing me and that like, he knows what he's doing and he's, you know, just like punishing me and making me feel wrong and bad or whatever. But then when I got to see the inner child, it was actually, you know, seeing that like he would kind of go into this like paralyzed, like, I don't know what to do. Like this, you know, the, the child in the room alone, really stuck and not knowing how to ask for help or what to do. And it was really powerful to, to see that and to realize like, okay, like when he turns away from me and when he goes away from me, then it's not because he's punishing me. It's because he, yeah, just doesn't know what to do and he needs support and help. Um, and then, yeah, that I can turn towards him and kind of like be the bigger person in those situations instead of being like, oh, he's punishing me. He hates me. And, uh, he's just trying to hurt me or something like that. It's like, no, he's, he's hurt right now. And like, if I have the resilience, I can like reach out and offer a hug and some support and some love. Yeah. And we'll get to the vulnerability in a second. Um, but yeah, for you, for you, it was seeing the you know and this kind of came back comes back to the dishes piece the the seeing what you'd gone through as a child with your health and the, the lack of acceptance you'd received around your your abilities to contribute and um, how that impacted our day-to-day -day living and to be able to to witness that and to see it on a feel it on an emotional level um what you'd experienced as a child um, and and how that was manifesting really like as you spoke to really helped me see how that piece came out and and how it was very easy for, for me to make things worse mm. <laughs> in the moment if I didn't accept that piece um, instead of you know it helped me bring out so much more compassion and love and patience in in moments where that that um, that would that would arise between us mm. yeah yeah so I feel like yeah to kind of yeah summarize I guess what we're getting out of all this is yeah just this ability to see how yeah what what seems like just annoying assholey behaviors from <laughs> from each other um, you know, they're not out of a place of like spite or trying to hurt the other person. It's often like these way deeper things that kind of go back to childhood, that go back to like intergenerational trauma, um, the way that our parents were raised, their parents raised them, um, as well as just like kind of I think even a lot of this stuff uh, we find is really linked to astrology and it seems like you know some of these core wounds just seem to also have this kind of personality trait um, and could even be linked you know with um, yeah like what our <laughs> astrology pieces are like some um, very interesting seeing yeah it's like all right how much of this is because of our childhood how much of this is just like you know what we are kind of born as um, based on this part of time space that we manifested and 
all these different things. So I guess it's kind of like depersonalizing and not um, just being like, oh, this, this behavior is because this person's an asshole um, or because they're just, I don't know, lazy or whatever. It's like, no, there's so much more, I don't know, complicated, nuanced, multifaceted <laughs> reasons behind these behaviors. And can we step more into compassion and love um, when we're dealing with these triggers that come up? And then bring it back. And that's just one of the sessions. I'm just I'm realizing how much, you know, um, how, how much detail we could go into each one of these sessions. So I just want to bring it back to the, the coaching itself and mm. just to talk about the as you mentioned before, there's a number of factors that really make this um, a fruitful ground for growth and healing and connection. And it's having, you know, the, com the, the joint commitment to show up in these sessions, to have a skillful coach um, who can guide you lovingly and, and um, expertly through some of the, these processes. Um, and the willingness to, to, yeah, to be vulnerable and um, to accept, you know, that, that you know, ash, ash can stink and, um, mm. and to, to know, you know, to kind of, I guess, be willing to bring, bring those pieces out, knowing that one, it'll be received with love, the trust in your partner and your coach that they'll, those pieces will be received with love and, and two, that, you know, you're real, real ready to look at them too. You're ready to heal them. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I've really found from being a coach and using these tools as well is that, yeah, it really goes as deep as the people are willing to go. Um, you know, I can use the same tools that we had, like these super deep core pieces come up and like massive breakthroughs and stuff. Like I can use these same tools of people that are completely unwilling um, or even for some people, it's unfortunately just like not able to, like they really just are not at a state where they're able to really recognize what the emotions they're feeling are or um, yeah, they don't feel safe with their partner. And then, you know, the, the process can remain quite surface level um, depending like how, how deep the couple are willing to go. So that's why I think it's so important for both people to really be on board and to not want to waste their time and money and, and energy coming to a session to like not really go there. Um, so yeah, there's definitely something in like the energy of stepping into doing this work um, and the ability to be vulnerable and show up that is up to the, the receivers of the coaching as well of how, yeah, how much they're really going to go for it. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, like, you know, if people aren't willing to go all the way deep, then they can still work on like space holding and conscious communication and some basic tools. And that's what I do with like most of the couples I work with are still just, you know, at learning how to, um, you know, recognize their feelings and speak to them. But it is really beautiful when you do get, um, the couples that are like really willing to like go all the way there and that really turns me on <laughs> and it turned me on that Tristan wanted to go there with me as well oh, you're getting turned on in your client sessions I was like wait a second <laughs> <laughs> life turn on <laughs> you know vulnerability turn on um yeah and you know we were talking the other day with someone um about yeah like the stigma that's around getting support which I still see even from people that like 
are also healers and facilitators and stuff. But there's like this kind of belief that if you're going and getting relationship coaching or therapy or counseling or whatever, it means that you've fucked up your relationship and, um, you know, you're, you're admitting defeat, um, and that, you know, it's, it's like the last resort. Um, and unfortunately for a lot of people, that's when they go to counseling, therapy, coaching, whatever. And that's the worst possible time. Um, a lot of the time, because both of you are in these fired up nervous systems, you've already really solidified your stories about each other. And once you've, um, you know, had a story about who your partner is for a long time. It takes a lot more work to um, get out of that story and to not believe that it's true and think that you know who your partner is. So I think this, um, yeah, this idea that, you know, it's for failed relationships or at the end of your relationship or whatever, when you run out of options um, is really detrimental. Um, and I think that if all couples went through processes like we went through in the early days, then we would have way more solid, secure, loving, passionate, powerful relationships because, you know, we're building that foundation. It's not about, yeah, like gluing together the pieces when it's crumbled. It's like, yeah, how do we create this solid concrete base? How do we, you know, pull out whatever weeds need to be pulled out from the garden, like before, um, before we, yeah, kind of take it further. Like, you know, before anyone gets married, they should go through processes like this before they, before they decide to like commit to someone for life, they should see each other's inner child's and core wounds and stuff. Like, I think really, um, relationships would completely change if people were more proactive in getting support and help. Yeah. And on the other side of all that is a lot of more, more love mm. and connection and beauty. And it's, um, you know, it's one of those things, it's a brave thing to do, uh, because you don't know what's on the other side. It takes courage. And ultimately, you know, in terms of, the stigmas that exist around it, I feel that if 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 you're one of those people that are going to, to to resist coaching or therapy because of what society may think of you, then I just encourage you to have a really good look at your intentions and your why behind why you might be considering it and to really take it from the outside and bring it to the inside and 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 focus on what you're building and creating with your partner and what your desires, your, your joint desires are and put them at the center of why you're there and showing up for that. Mm. And then to really shed the layers of the self-judgment and the societal norms around that and, and really get clear on the why and get excited for the vision of your relationship. And and there's yeah and getting support is a really smart thing to do when it comes to that if you're you're busy doing your own magic in the world and then getting someone who's dedicated their life to enriching the lives of relationship people's relationships that's a it's a really beautiful thing mm, yeah this is where i love personally why why i like um that coaching is becoming bigger because you know coaching the the kind of difference i guess that you'd say between like therapy and coaching and stuff is therapy tends to be more working with the past and um what you know 
like issues and problems and stuff has come up while coaching tends to be yeah more future focused and more about like where we want to be. Um, so I think that also can help with the stigma in a way for some people because, you know, maybe they're like, yeah, I don't want to just be, um, you know, going over what my mom and dad did or what my past, they're like, no, I just want to like focus on the present or the future or whatever. And that's kind of more what we do in coaching. Um, and yeah, it's really about this kind of creating a vision and like what's in the way of you having that amazing relationship and how can we just work through whatever needs to be worked through so that we can get to that um, thriving point, um, which is, yeah, a really beautiful thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So relationship coaching, highly recommend if you are, you know, someone that has the funds and the money. I know that the coaching industry can be a little bit inaccessible for a lot of people. And we really, um, recognize that as well. So also, I guess like for people that can't afford coaching, um, what kind of things we'd recommend. I guess there's like, you know, lots of workshops and books and things like that, that people can kind of learn more about. Um, so if you are, you know, at a state where you can't afford to get that support, then, you know, you could definitely um, find lots of books on like attachment trauma, attachment therapy, um, the kind of books that we like study as relationship therapists and coaches and stuff like that. There's a lot of resources also, you know, online courses and stuff. Um, yeah. In the desire playground, which is one of my online courses, I have like quite a few of the little communication tools that I use, um, at the start of coaching with couples, um, for just like building better communication and stuff like that. So that could also be an option for people if they're not at the place. But also I think in general, like getting um, an outside perspective. Um, so this can even just be like a friend um, or someone in your community that you really like respect and being able to have outside reflection that's not biased to you. Um, so, you know, there used to be like in villages, the elder or someone that, you know, if a couple's having problems could give a reflection. So um, this is the whole idea of having professional support is that, you know, obviously your, your mother or your best friend are going to be on your side and they're going to be like, you know, giving you advice, um, based on, you know, you being right, most likely, unless they're very honest and down to earth. Um, but, you know, trying to find, um, an unbiased third person, um, for relationships. Well, saying that your mother's aunt. And by on down to earth. Yeah. <laughs> Difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how about you, Tristan? Any recommendations you have for people? Um, I think it's just would be something that served us really well in the early days is just to have a check in, just to on the regular, just stop, um, sit, make time to sit down with your partner and go, yeah, how's the relationship going? How's our relationship going? But don't assume that you know because you think everything's great, like. Like and and be and be willing to show up and listen um, openly and non 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 judgmentally to see what is emerged what is existing between you in that moment. It's good it's good relational hygiene to to check in and to 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 find out what's there, what's great, what could be better, 
what's not great that we could work on and then go from there because that will help you go well maybe we do need support or maybe we should read some learn some more about this or maybe we should get some better communication practices and yeah just um yeah ask ask your partner in a in a nice beautiful loving space how's the relationship for you mm. um, and i think that would be a really beautiful start yeah and in that as well one of the biggest things um that can take a while to train some <laughs> couples into is to get used to having your partner share and not saying anything not <laughs> yeah. interrupting not trying to fix them it's not a two-way conversation when you're wanting someone to be vulnerable if you want to create a space for your partner to feel safe to share about what's genuinely happening you have to learn to be able to sit back and listen um, and really give them their time to say their bit and to yeah not yeah need to defend yourself and not an interest in smiling at me because we're still sometimes <laughs> oh, making it's not, it's not perfect and don't expect it to be perfect yeah that's, that's the thing we're not robots yeah. and you know we get emotional and that's the of thing course. but the, but it's um it's a practice that starts coming more naturally like at first it can feel really forced and you know we do these practices and having a timer and you talk for three minutes and then you talk whatever but yeah, it feels a bit robotic and weird at first, but then it becomes more natural. Like now we're more used to, you know, if Tristan wants to share something vulnerable, then I do my best to shut up, open my heart, fully listen, uh, receive and not have my ego come in and need to defend itself. And sometimes the ego will come in, but you know, the more that we can just admit that like, Oh, right now I really feel like I need to defend myself. And I feel like I'm being attacked and just being able to name that and not be like you're attacking me you're doing this but just like oh I, I'm recognizing right now like I feel the need to defend myself and that I feel like you know you're making me wrong or bad like having this kind of language um is really game-changing I think and timing is everything yeah um, checking with your partner are you feeling resourced to have a me a loving check-in around a relationship? And if the answer is no, that's fine. Mm. Um, thank them and request a time in the future where, well, you know, where that 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 space could be held. Yeah, you know. for sure. Yeah. yeah, creating a safety bubble for hard conversations is key, and that's what the relationship coaching container is. But you can create that container by yourselves as well. All right. Well, that's our. We could talk forever on this. Yeah, we? <laughs> exactly. There'll be future episodes and also yeah, I have some like other cool people that talk on this topic coming up um, on the podcast in the future as well. Um, yeah. And I think we're probably going to yeah have some Valentine's stuff, which maybe we'll have some more um, tools and things. We'll see. Juicier. <laughs> Some juicier Some things juicier. are definitely coming as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, I know people really like hearing more about this uh, this side of my work as well. So yeah, that's our COVID episode. I'm sorry if we talked in some loops and things. I, my brain is still feeling very fried from this virus, but hopefully you got some juice out of this. <laughs> yeah, um, wishing everyone listening very loving um deeply connected and um joyful relating yeah much love to you all love. Thank you.
thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it inspiring. You can connect with me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and through my website, sensualartistry.com and sensualarts.school, where you can get some freebies and sign up to my mailing list to stay in touch. Hope to see you again soon. Thank you.